At this time of year, we often think of the blessing of family and friends. We must never forget, however, that the greatest blessing of Christmas is Christ Himself. Today, we look with Scott Pauley at the eternal blessings found in the Word of God. We've come today to our final study in this series. We've been talking about all the blessings associated with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you that the blessings did not end with His birth. In fact, that just set in motion everything that the Lord was doing. And so I want to end this particular series with where the Lord continues the work of redemption through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in Matthew chapter 2. Now we know this verse well. We've heard it perhaps many times in recent days. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. So the chapter opens with his birth, but it closes with his childhood. Uh, when the chapter closes, he is in Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he should be called a Nazarene. And so we go into the boyhood years, the childhood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's what I want to draw your attention to today, and that is God's geography. There are three locations connected to the boyhood years, the youthful years of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you love geography or not. I have grown to truly love Bible geography because it opens up so much Scripture. For example, years ago, someone showed me the placement of the Garden of Gethsemane at the Mount of Olives and how easy it would have been for the Lord on the night of His arrest and betrayal to have seen the mob coming after Him in the middle of the night and to have escaped. And yet He didn't. And immediately that verse came to my mind. Jesus said, No man takes my life from me. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. It opened that truth to me as an object lesson. Well, as you study Scripture, places only have significance because of their connection to the Lord Jesus Christ. And a perfect, all-wise, heavenly Father chose three places in Matthew chapter 2 for His Son to be associated with, and none of them are the places you would think. I mean, if you were planning, if you were God, aren't you glad you're not? His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But none of them are the places we would think. In verse 1, you have Bethlehem. That's the place of His birth. In verse 13, you have Egypt. Remember the angel said, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So you have Bethlehem, then you have Egypt. Finally, you have Nazareth. Verse 23, And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. Bethlehem, Egypt, Nazareth. From a human perspective, they do not make sense. Political people would have chosen Rome. May I remind you that our God doesn't think like a politician. That's not the way He works. Rome would have made perfect sense. It was the seat of power. It was the seat of government. It's where Caesar was. But the Lord Jesus didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom at that time. Religious people would have chosen Jerusalem. That makes perfect sense. The place where the temple was, associated with so many holy things. So why does God choose these places? Well, let's think of them individually. First of all, Bethlehem. What was Bethlehem? It was an unlikely place. A small place, humble, insignificant in the eyes of man. And yet, what was Bethlehem? It was a revelation of God's wisdom. You see, 
Bethlehem's associated with so many powerful things all through the Old Testament. For example, you have Boaz there and redemption. You have David from there and his royalty. All of these now connecting to the coming of Messiah. It's not only a revelation of His wisdom, it's a revelation of God's power. 700 years before Christ was born in Bethlehem, in Micah 5 verse 2, God prophesied that it would be so, and God in His good providence made it happen. Aren't you glad we serve that kind of a God? But ultimately, I think Bethlehem, this unlikely place, was a revelation of God's love. That God would come to the poor, to the common man. It's powerful to me. Phillips Brooks one night on horseback, riding from Jerusalem to Bethlehem on a Christmas Eve, wrote the words, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. He took it back and taught it to his children in a Sunday school class in Boston. It's come down to us as one of the great uh, Christmas hymns. But it's not just about Christmas. It's about Christ and that Christ would come to an unlikely place. Let's take the second place in God's geography. Not only Bethlehem, but God sends His Son to Egypt. Egypt? What is Egypt? It's an ungodly place. Oh, yes, it is. And yet, by His Son going into Egypt, it's a picture of God's grace, the Holy Son in an unholy place. It's a picture of God's providence at every twist and every turn, caring for every detail. And yes, ultimately, it's a picture of God's deliverance. You remember God called His children, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God called His Son out of Egypt in Matthew chapter number 2. And I want to say that in Jesus Christ, God calls all of us out of Egypt, out of this world. Christ brings all of us who follow Him out of this world, out of Egypt. He saves from Egyptian bondage. He saves from Egypt's pursuit. He puts the world to death in us. It's a picture, you see. Jesus Christ coming to an unlikely place like Bethlehem. Jesus Christ coming to an ungodly place like Egypt. And then finally, Jesus Christ coming to an unknown place like Nazareth. Imagine this. Bethlehem is mentioned four times in this chapter, and Egypt's mentioned four times. But did you know Nazareth is mentioned 19 times in Scripture? 19 times. As a matter of fact, forever, Christ's name is indelibly connected to Nazareth. He is called a Nazarene. Jesus of what? Nazareth. Why Nazareth? Well, it was a little agricultural village of just a few hundred people. It was unknown by most people, just a little spot on the map. And by those who did know it, it was not known for good things. You'll remember uh, the, the infamous question, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And of course, we now answer that question, oh yes, God brings good things out of Nazareth. In fact, God came through Nazareth. When God comes through, He always brings good things with Him. In some ways, Nazareth is a summary of all of these places. Unlikely, ungodly, and unknown. And yet, please don't miss this, God desires to work in ways that we cannot understand. In the despised, in the difficult, in the place that men would not choose for themselves, God chooses to work. Why? So He can demonstrate His own power and love and mercy and grace. And in the end, He alone can get the glory for it. Joseph, you didn't make this happen. Mary, you didn't figure this out. No one else coordinated this but God Almighty. That's where Christ comes. May I apply this to our lives today? Maybe you are an unlikely person. Oh, the Lord chose the base things of this world, the weak things of this world, the things that are despised in this world. Why? Because that's where the Lord delights to work. 
Maybe right now you feel like you're in an ungodly place. May I tell you, God can deliver you from that sin. God can deliver you from ungodliness. God is greater. Look to the Lord. Or maybe you feel like you're in an unknown place in life. You're in an obscure place, and the Lord doesn't know where you are. He not only knows where you are, He is where you are, and He's working where you are. In humble things, in hard things, in hated things, look for Jesus. You see, this is really not about geography. This is about God. I'm thinking now of the words of Charles Gabriel. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. It's not about the place. It's about the person. It's not about who you are, where you are, or what you're dealing with today. Look to the Lord. Our God is great. Our God is greater than whatever it is you're dealing with today. Look to the Lord in simple faith. Friend, He'll bring His blessing into the most difficult places. You know, the most beautiful place on earth is dry and dreary without His presence. But the most difficult place on earth is beautiful and wonderful and rich and full, lived in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every good thing in life and eternity is connected to the Lord Jesus. Visit us at scottpauley.org for more information on knowing Christ and making Him known to others. From the Pauley family and all of us at Enjoying the Journey, we want to wish you and your family God's greatest blessings this Christmas. Thank you.